0: Friends, of course I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and L tuned into to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Okay, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go.
1: Coming up on this edition of Tim and Friends, the latest on Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. Did the US get screwed last night in Halifax? And Pascal Siakam joins us. The day after what might have been one of the most silly games. Like, is it silly? Is it weird? Unbelievable? What's the word I'm searching for here, Jesse rubinoff Do all apply? Yeah, you don't have to choose. (laughs) Really? Yeah, a lot of words. Blanket statement. One hundred percent silly, weird, unbelievable. All apply. That's what it was. Crazy. Yeah. Stupid. Yep. All of them. All of them. Check, All of them. Check, Either check. way, uh, Pascal Siakam will join us in less than 20 minutes' time. So please stick around. We actually get paid when you do stick around. So I'm kind of just begging at this point. <laughs> in return, we'll attempt to provide the kind of sports edutainment that you've come to expect from the Tim and Blank franchise. We'll also get you set for a busy night in the National Hockey League. Leafs and Kraken is on Sportsnet Ontario. Coming up right after us, the jackets and the caps for the rest of the country or most of the rest of the country. Islanders and Oilers, also a regional game at 7 p.m. start time in Edmonton. While the circus that is the Vancouver Canucks right now goes across the country on television as they host the defending champs at Rogers Arena tonight. We'll hear from the particulars in all those games coming up on a 90-minute edition of Tim and Friends and NFL insider Jason Lacanfora on what the league dugs next with regards to the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. But we start first things first with some great stuff on Damar Hamlin. So what's the news, Jose Cruz? Jose Cruz? (laughs) Jose Cruz Jr. or just Jose Cruz? Uh, I think... Because it doesn't rhyme with news, I have to go with Jose. Okay, previously. fine.
2: Fair enough. All right, you mentioned it. We start with some great news on Demar Hamlin's recovery after the Bills' safety went into cardiac arrest on the field Monday night. Hamlin remains in hospital in Cincinnati, but he is reportedly awake and responsive. Earlier today, the Bills released a statement that said, quote, Damar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours while still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. Now, the Bills held their first full practice of the week today as they get set to host the Patriots on Sunday, and they reacted to the news a short time ago.
3: Being on that field, you, you, you lose sleep. You hurt for your brother, um, a lot of shared grief, but to the question before, getting updates and positive updates eases so much of that, that pain and that tension that you feel, but coach handled it as, as perfect as anybody could. It's something we'll never forget, but to know that DeMar is he's doing okay, and I know there's still a lot of, a lot of things and, and stuff that he has to process and continue to go through um, to get back to, to himself. We're just, again, we heard that news this morning and there's nothing that, that could have been told to us to bring our day down. You know, we're extremely happy for him and his family. Um, you know, we just want to lo- love up on him, you know, so the next chance we get, I don't know when it's going to be, if we, if we get to see him anytime soon, it's going to be awesome.
2: Man, seeing Josh Allen like that just sort of brings back the emotions and, and the trauma from Monday night again.
1: It's kind of hard to reconcile the idea that the Bills are going to have to suit up and play a very important game on Sunday against the New England Patriots team, who is also playing a very—like, there's been a couple times over the last year, two years, three years, (laughs) four, three— where the cognitive dissidence that is required to watch sports gets harder and harder. Maybe it's because I'm 47, come after me. I'm a man, I'm 47. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older. But the, the, the hypocrisy that we're going to have to go through on this show to go from hearing things about DeMar Hamlin and then get into the playoff scenarios and debate what they should do in the AFC to sort out what the number one seed is requires like all of us to do this mental gymnastics thing <laughs> yeah. that I think we all kind of like someone wrote a note to me immediately after um, this happened to Damar Hamlin and the note just said you have to talk about how barbaric the game of football is and I said in return to that text when did you figure this out when did you figure out that football was barbaric, because it's been barbaric all along. It's been barbaric for, well, earlier this year, I went on a diatribe talking about my family and what I've gone through in relation to Tuatunga-Vailoa. And all of the doctors that said he shouldn't play again and Chris Nowitzki getting flamed on Twitter by saying that the entire league has done him a disservice only to lose Tung- to to a, a little bit later on in the season and have those same people go silent. Like the mental gymnastics that we're all doing, I just want to acknowledge it and say it's really hard to kind of get into this mindset where all these people are gonna go and pray in the name of Hamlin and then go out there and roar in a crowd yeah. as they cheer on the Bills against the Patriots on Sunday. And I just want to acknowledge the cognitive dissonance that we all kind of go through and we all kind of know that the games that we watch are very dangerous.
2: Yeah, I think it's all part of a process of going through something that is, if not unprecedented, extraordinarily rare. I mean, we've seen it, we talked about it in sports, it has happened to some degree, right. this situation. But in the NFL, specifically, it's been a very long time since something like this has happened, and everybody's trying to figure out how to best work their way through it. Right. Uh, But to have DeMar Hamlin currently making the... showing the improvement and the steps that he is 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 something that I think we can all agree is remarkable. And the the doctors who are in charge of what's gone on with the health of DeMar Hamlin over the last few days spoke today, and I want to get to the sound from those.
1: Yeah, and part of that emotion from... Josh Allen is definitely uh, all of the news that they've been hearing, whether it be from doctors, uh, Jeremy Fowler. Tweeted out uh, earlier today that the positive DeMar Hamlin developments over the last 24 hours have seriously galvanized the Bills' locker room. Raucous applause went off when Mario Hamlin, DeMar's dad, addressed the team Amazing. via Zoom. Uh, we started, we finally started to smile after that. One person with the team told me, uh, I, I get all of this, and I get the continued positive news is good for all of us to hear. And, and even heartwarming, or as heartwarming as it can get when you have sedatives involved and tubes down your throat. Here are the doctors from the University of Cincinnati Hospital. We're in the situation where we wanted to allow him to gradually, you know, wake up as the rest of his uh, body was healing. Uh, And uh, last night he was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game. I can clarify. He did not speak. Um, he was able to communicate uh, in writing um, and he is uh, unable to speak with us yet as he uh, still has a breathing tube in and we're still assisting him with uh, ventilation. And, uh, you know, to paraphrase uh, one of our partners, you know, when when he asked, did we win? The answer is yes. You know, Demar, you won. You've won the game of life. Which, again, there is some cognitive dissonance there. It's a tough life. Obviously, he is living. That's amazing. These are all great news. But he's also in a very tough spot. And I just want to make sure that we acknowledge all that before we move on to discussing uh, the... We did it with the World Cup, where you understand that there is some hypocrisy in enjoying a World Cup while also understanding what goes into it. And I feel the same way as we walk down the road with the Buffalo Bills and the AFC playoff pitcher. No question.
2: And that's something that we're going to do in just a second. I want to get your take on uh, something that I've come across in the last little while. Uh, Obviously, the the training staff and the medical staff that were a part of the situation are getting their flowers on social media, as they obviously should. And You've obviously been a big proponent of medical staff and and throughout the pandemic they're heroes and we should give them their due Uh, bob nightingale this has been floating around he's just taking this idea from somebody else but love the idea that each member of the buffalo bills training and medical staff is introduced sunday on the field before their game against the new england patriots some people are suggesting that maybe you have them lead the bills out or have all the medical staffs lead all the teams out for week 18 and i just want to get your opinion on whether you think this is listen that would
1: would work that is and even the doctors at the University of Cincinnati yeah. hospital yeah. credited the doctors on the bill staff for keeping this young man alive, and we've seen this before. Whether it is Yuri Fisher, whether it was Chris Pronger, who went on to have a wonderful career in the NHL after he was hit in the chest by a shot and collapsed on the ice, uh, we have seen these heroes before. And when we need them most, we give them their flowers. Uh, and oftentimes, we should just give them their
4: flowers.
2: Period. Yes. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, obviously. Um Making the switch in the conversation to the playoffs and the seeding scenarios based on what's happening with DeMar Hamlin has been difficult this entire time. People haven't done it, but the news that he is improving has sort of give some people a little bit of a... They ease the burden a bit, and uh, gave the Bills. The Bills said that
1: that it yeah. has eased the burden on their game. Hearing the good news, they're going to yeah, they're yeah, going to play it Has made it easier for them to right. get back in the saddle, as it were. But still, a,
2: a complicated scenario that oh. the NFL is going to have to figure out. Obviously, uh, there are some reports out there, nothing official yet, but it looks like there won't be a restarting of the Bills and Bengals game. And now the the NFL is figuring out what to do with the AFC seeding. Uh, There is a possibility that there will be a neutral site for the AFC Championship game if it happens where teams of different records are playing in the AFC Championship game because the Bills and Bengals will have played one less game. So there's a lot of things uh, in motion here. Uh, Obviously, this is also something that Adam Schefter talked about on first take. I just have sort of how they laid it out and how Adam Schefter laid it out if you guys want to take to the computer as well. So uh, a complicated situation here. A lot of things in motion, but is there a specific lean that you have in terms of which direction the NFL should go as they try and work their way through this thing?
1: So let's start with the initial report from AP, which suggests that the Bills and Bengals game will not be resumed. Mm. Yesterday you and I had a conversation, if that is the case and those two teams play one less game, then you have to go by points percentage. But what some are suggesting here is if you end up going by points percentage, who has earned the home field advantage and the bye in the AFC? And the answer really is nobody. Mm -hmm. So the one answer to that would be playing the AFC championship game if it involves Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals playing at a neutral site because there's no way that the Bills or the Bengals would have a clear shot at the Chiefs if they win. So the result of the game that was Mm -hmm. suspended would have decided that, unless, of course, the Chiefs lose. So it is is always very convoluted on the best of times. This makes it even more convoluted. I would say that probably... Just saying. I mean, we all kind of have a little bit more perspective on this. Can we not just say the points percentage is what decides one through three?
2: Yeah, it it just doesn't feel like the there's an appetite for the public that that would disagree with with that. Right. Like. The, right. Yeah. That's just that's just how it's going to be. Obviously, it's an unfortunate circumstance, but we have in sports been dealing with un, unfortunate circumstances for. Uh, the last two three years and leagues have been changing as a result we had canceled games we had games in front of no fans as much as this is sort of with less games played finishes exactly so as much as this is unprecedented leagues have been sort of working their way through all sorts of logistical nightmares for the last two so that said would you
1: like to see it if it were the chiefs versus the Bills or Bengals in the AFC Championship, is there a way that they play that at a neutral stadium or do you just give it to the highest points percentage?
2: I would probably go points percentage because I I don't think that,
1: I mean, obviously
2: there are issues with it. It's not perfect, but you you played a whole season minus one game. There's a lot, there's a big body of work that goes into that. And Mm -hmm. I just think a neutral site game is just something that's sort of strange to me. Although I'm open to it because... It's a weird scenario. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, it hasn't and, happened before. You're
1: going to deal with less than perfection.
2: Yeah, there's yeah. no question. Uh, Jason
1: LaCanfora coming up a little bit later in we'll the show. we Maybe he has a better uh, idea of, one, what's going on, and two, what they should do. Yeah. Just crazy. But yeah. good for DeMar
2: Ham. I mean, it's amazing. Everybody yeah, continuing to pray for him that, and, yeah. and thinking about him. Okay, let's go to a basketball. And Tim mentioned it was a bizarre game at Scotiabank Arena last night. As the Raptors lost to the Bucks in overtime, but that's just the start of it. The Raps opened the game by missing their first 15 field goal attempts, then mounted an improbable comeback in the fourth to send the game to OT. But Grayson Allen's three-pointer late in the extra frame proved to be the difference in a 104-101 win for Milwaukee. Afterwards, Nick Nurse and Fred VanVleet were asked where that ranked among the strangest games that they have ever been a part of. I don't think I've seen one that, that weird really haven't um so right up there right up there you know right up there with 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 uh the weirdness of of the whole game
3: it's at the top for sure that was uh an experience um but again uh you know loss is a loss wish we could have came out with a w there that would have made up for a lot of how ugly it was but um You know, take an ugly win. I'm not so sure there's a such thing as an ugly loss.
1: Uh, What the heck did we watch last night? Well, Jesse, that was your classic uh, Raptors started two of 30 from the floor, scored 12 points in the first quarter, and then closed the game on a 28-7 run in the final three minutes. Remember, they scored 12 points in the opening quarter, and then scored 16 points in the final one minute and 14 seconds to force overtime, and then lost to a Bucks team on the second half of back-to-backs without Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Joe Engels. Their 13th loss in the last 18 games. Mm-hmm. I think that about encapsulates what the hell we just watched with the Raptors and the Bucks. So no night. moral
2: victories is what you're saying?
1: No, I'm with Fred Van Vliet. I mean, he said there's no ugly loss. What he meant was there is no silver lining in that thing. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe there's some sort of momentum or understanding with this team that they've got to fight the way they fought that last part of the game. Maybe uh, Scotty Barnes 19 points in the fourth quarter and overtime uh, show to him that he can just take it at dudes and maybe have more success. But man that last sentence that I uttered like as I was saying it really stuck like you lost to a Bucks team in the second mm-hmm. half of back to backs without Middleton Holiday and Ingles. Yeah. I mean, the struggles that they had, they have had for the last
2: number of weeks, is why they shouldn't have come out the way they came out in that game. Like, it shouldn't take to the point where you're being embarrassed until the last two minutes of the fourth quarter to mount that sort of comeback. Like, this isn't the first time where they've struggled during this stretch. But can, they, I, can I counter? Yeah, go ahead. What if you can't shoot? And that's just who they are. It's not that they're not trying. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we've lamented that for weeks, months, since the start of the season. No,
1: last year. Last year. Last year, we talked about their effective field goal percentage. And that the team didn't have enough. Do you remember the deadline last year And we came in here and you asked what I thought that they should get? Yeah. Because I've talked about it with Bobby Webster and Nick Nurse. I thought it was point guard depth. I thought it was shooting. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a legit big man. And I guess Otto Porter Jr. was supposed to address the shooting. And listen, Freddie's having a terrible year, and it's not Freddie-like, and no one could have seen this coming. And I kind of sort of understand all of that kind of feeding into this. But, like, bad shooting team, cold start, and you get... Two of thirty? I don't know. We'll ask Pascal like Siakam really, a really little bad. later on when he joins <laughs> us. Like I don't, I just don't know what the answer is for this team, this group, and this. I mean, unless, unless Freddie can get it going, get maybe healthier. Is it mm-hmm. the back? Is it the is it the legs that aren't in the shot? They I don't know. Him.
2: They need him desperately.
1: Yeah, they need him desperately to hit shots the yeah. way he hit shots just last year.
2: Yeah. There's not many people that can shoot. I mean, then you're going to trade Gary Trent, then you're going to uh, be an know. even worse shooting team. Uh, you know. Right? Right. So there's just they, they took 28 more shots than the Bucks last night and lost the game. <laughs> 28 more shots right. and lost the game. So that's yeah, it's pretty kept much all you need to know. Tr- But
1: you saw the defense and that's if, if there is a silver lining as we head into our conversation with Pascal Siakam a little later yes. on in the show, it is that they played some real defense in that game.
2: Yeah, it's, it, to but
1: be But it was fair, the second half of back-to-backs with a bunch of injuries. It, yes, they,
2: they should have won, but at the I same time, not really a lack of effort. They just, right now, can't shoot and can't win Got as it. a result. Uh, Let's go to the World Juniors here on First Things First. Canada will take on Czechia in the gold medal game tonight after beating the U.S. 6-2 in yesterday's semifinal. Not without some controversy, Timmy. The Americans had two goals called back due to goaltender interference. Did
4: they
1: get screwed? Screwed. Mmm, loaded word. (laughs) Um... No, not by the letter of the law. If you look at the double IHF rulebook, and we have rule 69.1, uh, subtitled the Gronkowski rule. I'm kidding. It's just interference on the goalkeeper. It says an attacking player, either by their positioning or by a... Relevant contact impairs the goaltender's ability to move freely within their goal crease or defend their goal, or an attacking player initiates intentional or deliberate contact with a goalkeeper. Inside basically, you cannot touch the goalie inside the blue paint, according to the double IHF. And Jackson Blake did make contact with the goaltender with his ass as he spun to shoot the puck. So by the letter of the law i think this is not a good goal by everyone who's ever watched hockey in their yeah. life they're thinking that's probably a good goal like nobody until they looked at the rule book thought that this was the right call and the first one full, sure. full credit to bob mckenzie who explained it in the job. intermission yep. and did a very good job explaining it but the united states never recovered from the first second one it was no goal I don't care what anyone says. The only only reason anyone's complaining is because it was the second one taken away. And we saw that from their head coach pointing to, like, you can't just harpoon a goalie's leg into the net. No. I mean, that's no goal in the NHL, too. Yeah. Like, that's no goal anywhere. Yeah. And I know that the stick flying causes some sort of uh, (laughs) some distractions to what you actually saw. But what you actually saw was a puck under a pad and a guy harpooning that pad into the net. So, goal number two... I'm good with goal number one. I understand why people are pissed off, but by the letter of the law, I think they got it right.
2: Uh, Greg Wasinski tweeting last night: What would Canada do if they lost a World Junior Championship on a goal? Be pissed. Goal on Absolutely. Goal interference, really like that. Demand an audience with the UN. Yeah. Uh, Nasher, at least the goal interference rules between the IIHF and NHL are consistent, <laughs> consistently brutal, and made up on the fly. Hillary Knight said no way <laughs> they call a second goal back. They, in fact, did. I, hold on. Mike Harrington, that's a joke. That's goal interference. He's a
1: Sabres uh, beat writer. So, yeah. With all due respect to Nasher, and I, a lot I, of Americans I in take in teams his teams. content a lot, yeah. uh, by the letter of the law, it's not made up. It's yeah. actually in the rule book. They called it by the rule book. And there's a lot of people involved in all that. No question. Yeah, uh, yeah. Canada going for gold uh, just about an hour's time. Thomas Millich, by the way, can we just throw in yeah. a little, like, for all of the consternation around Canadian goaltending, he was wonderful last night and, in fact, stole the show because, I mean, I think what the frustration from a lot of those Americans that you just, is that they outplayed Canada.
2: Yeah, it's the first day we've come in here and haven't just talked about Connor Bedard. So there you go. Right. He stole the show.
1: Millish did. Yeah. yeah.
2: And the goalie and the referees did. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit.
1: I think, I think the referee was the main part. So the United States had to play some hockey again today, taking turn on around. Sweden. My goodness. And the Bron- I can't believe that they're doing that. Why Weird. did they put a day between these games? Uh, bronze medal game went earlier today, and it was B A N A N A S. We'll start in the second period. Sweden already down 3 2. Ryan Ufko, fans on the pass sweden takes advantage it's leo carlson one-time bulge in the twine tied it at three later in the frame now four three u.s. jets first round pick Chaz lucius breaks in wires his second goal of the game and the u.s. restores their lead five three it's over right hold up hey final minute of the frame now five four Trey Augustine comes out to play the puck. That doesn't work. Liam ogren buries it. Ninth goal of the period. Ninth goal of the period. Ties it at five. And it didn't stop. Third period. U.S. now down six-five. Luke Hughes spins, gets knocked down. Somehow maintains control from his knees. Are you kidding me? Wow. The youngest Hughes brother. Ties it at six, Jesse. Under two to go, the United States got a power play. Cutter Goche, stop, scramble. And McGroarty eventually jams it home at 7 6 USA. Just over the line, it's over, right? No! Under 30 seconds to go. Phillip Beestead scores his second goal of the game. Are you kidding me? Touchdown a piece. We're going to overtime. They converted the touchdown. 7-7 in the extra frame. Lane Hudson stopped. Here comes Lucius on the backhand. And the Americans win bronze in what is a crazy game in Halifax. 8-7, 8-7, Jesse. My goodness, what a Is sport, your man. final in that one. Still gold medal game to go. And uh, that gold medal uh, puck drop will be just after 6:30 Eastern Time. So please stick with us because still to come Renault Lavoie with all the latest from around the National Hockey League. 10 games on the ice tonight. Jason Lacanfora ahead of week 18 in the National Football League and the schedule conundrum that we were just talking about. And after the break. Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors will join us to discuss his wonderful season and the Raptors struggle. Spicy P next, right here on Turned
0: Trent Jr. looking. Gary
1: looks. He takes it. Goal! And Gary Trent Jr. We're tied.
5: An unimaginable.
6: Tilly throws that rink wide for Dean. Dean moves in. Back in Scores! Oh, gives the
4: lead. Slides that down to over Back for Middard, The pass
0: The left-handed slam and, that's a foul. and the foul. Pascal
4: finishing strong over KD. Oh,
0: P.J. Tucker! It's a one-on-one
6: thing and Pascal's talking about it. Siakam flying in, soaring in with the throwdown. With the left, oh, he's on fire! Pascal oh, got it and the foul. He has
0: the team on his
6: back. Siakam tonight with 52 at MSG. One of the greatest individual performances by a Toronto Raptor he has been outstanding this season.
1: I mean to say it's been a treat to watch the growth of our next guest might be an understatement going from first playing the game at 17 to the NBA would be enough for most but that's just a small piece of the story from four points a game as a rookie G League MVP to NBA champion all star all NBA now averaging I don't know like 26 a game in the best league in the world a spicy 52 at MSG. It's all damn near mind boggling. Please help me welcome Pascal Siakam to Tim and friends. Pascal, thank you so much for taking the time with us.
7: Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, anytime. I want to get to the journey because I absolutely love the growth and the work that you've put in. Your future, that's part of the story, of course. But uh, I've seen your routine during warm ups, Pascal. You've got some footy skills, you've got some footballing skills. I'm a football keeper. I've got my gloves in studio I'm also 47 but if I give you a oh, free God. kick no wall just outside the 18 yard box do you Pascal Siakam think you would score on my old ass
7: of course of course <laughs> do, it's not even a question <laughs> <laughs> is are you are you
1: left-footed are you right-footed are you the one that takes right the free right-footed kicks?
7: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right-footed for sure. Um, I mean, I, I'll usually the one like scoring. I'm in a box, whatever you need me. Um, I got the skills, the touch is there like all that but but yeah I can take free kicks or penalty kicks if I need to
1: yeah I think in the area you might be dangerous at 6 9 forget Peter Crouch or whoever the tallest footballer out there is. <laughs> Pascal in the box would be dangerous uh, maybe we'll set yeah, that nah, up one day would you be down for it if we set it up one day I'll put on all the tight gear and, and you can try it from the 18 yard box
7: hey I'm I if we're talking soccer man or football I'm, I'm in there like, right. I'm, I'm ready
1: that's awesome uh, one more before we get to the journey, I swear, but I need one more. Can you describe in a couple words what the hell happened last night, Pascal?
7: Uh, it was a crazy game. The weirdest game I've been on. But, yeah, it, we, we had an opportunity to win. We didn't. Um, moving on.
1: <laughs> Have you ever been a part of something like that?
7: No, it was crazy. I never I never played in a game like that. Um, it was just such an odd game. Um, and, yeah, it was always the first time for everything, right? So, yeah. Can you
1: take something from that or does that just get flushed.
7: Uh, I think what you can take that we played we played good defense like you know like we were pretty connected the whole game. Um, we had some some great stretches obviously bad stretches but um, I think that it just shows our character you know to be able to continue to fight you know no matter what um, and I think that that's what we're going to need um, going through what we're going through as a team so um, I, I love the fact that the guys didn't quit and, and that you know no matter the situation we we just willing to continue to work and 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 scrap and 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 trial hardest um, I think it's going to pay off
1: fight no matter what Uh, as I'm talking about your journey in the back of my head I'm thinking about that like fight no matter what like the growth the work Uh, to see the 52 at MSG the 90 points over two games in December I don't know if you know this but you've scored now uh, the second most points any month in Raptors history because of that December, do you feel like you've gone to another level in your growth this season?
7: Um, for sure, I think that um, obviously I had the summer. Um, it's been it's been so so hard to have like normal summers, you know, the past couple of years. Obviously, the world. Is going through like was going through something that we had never seen before. Um, and I think that, you know, just having that opportunity last summer to have a summer, um, be around the people that I usually work with, um, be around my family and and just having a good summer. I just came into the season like with that mindset and mentality to to know that I could I could you know reach another step. And and that was my focus coming into the season. Um, and and you know like I put the work in for it and and obviously like I'm a team player so like I want to be able to, to to make everything that I do as a player chance trans- into winning so that's like the only thing right now and that's for me that like I'm focused on but I just always knew that coming into the season like I wanted to take the next step and and um, continue to evolve as a player like I've, I've done you know throughout my whole career.
1: Okay one more on the individual and then I want to get to the team because I agree with you I know that the winning is a big part of this I also know that you posted a video of the 52 at MSG on your IG the only dudes in the league right now with a 50 piece at the Mecca are LeBron Curry Harden and you I tell a kid coming from Cameroon to God Academy and I believe Lake Dallas Texas that he would score 50 at the garden. What would he say to me.
7: Yeah like say to someone else like I wouldn't believe it at all. Um, You know just the journey coming from where I come from like we don't get to have these moments you know where we from so. Um, to be able to be there, represent not only my family, um, you know, myself, but also just a whole continent, you know, Cameroon, Douala, like where I'm from, like, is this, is this an amazing moment that you can't really, like, think, you can't dream of those moments, right? Like, it was the same thing as winning a championship, like, um, which is much higher, but I'm just saying, like, moments that just, like, you can't really think of, um, you know, I never really thought that would happen ever, you know, so... Um, For that to happen, you know, it just shows that, you know, the hard work is paying off and and it can only make you dream to accomplish even more moments like those type of
8: moments.
1: You know, I always try and tell fans that, like, success is never a straight line. And one of the things that I respect about your journey is that it hasn't come without struggle. Like, that's life. At New Mexico State, through the loss of your dad, uh, injuries, the bubble, you've been tested. So beyond your faith, what's kept you pushing?
7: Um, I think what's kept me pushing is just, like, beyond my faith and what my confidence in, in the work that I put in is just, like, my family, the people that are around me. Like, um, I do what I do every single day, and I go out there and I play the game, and, and like I said, I always have my dad in the back of my mind and, and the things that he's able to do for all of us and put me in this position, and, and I'm I'm forever grateful, and I'm, like, wanting to keep his name alive and, and making sure that his legacy continues forever. Um that's the you know, things that I, I've said to myself, you know, um, you know, from the moment that he wasn't no longer with us, like, I'm gonna continue to work, I'm gonna continue to I like like, you know, who am I to quit? You know, like um, this is not my dream. Like this is not only my dream. It's like a whole family, a whole legacy that's that's behind it and, and you know I can't I can't not um uh, continue to fight, you know, so um, that's always been my mindset, and and I'll continue to do so, you know, until you know it's, it's, it's all over, you know. So um, that's just like always been my mindset.
1: I understand. I'm the youngest of four boys as well. I do understand it's not just you; it's the entire family. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I keep saying that this season is really important to the franchise. Obviously, there are some contracts that could be up at the end of this year and yours after next season. Is that something you guys talk about? In the locker room, is that something that you understand in the locker room
7: uh, no, I don't think like nobody's really worried about that. I think for us right now like we have to figure out a way to get out of you know like the stretch that we we on and yeah. and I think that we're making steps you know like there's there's you know games where we right there and, and and it's not happening I believe that it is going to happen and and I just want us to continue to stay together and I think that's the only thing that we preach right now. For all of us, you know, it's to because uh, I think when you're going through hard time and, and things are tough, like it's it's like easy to just go back and you know think about yourself and 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 want to go in that mode. But um, we, we we can't point the fingers. We have to stay together and try everything that we can um, to get out of it. And and I believe that that's the only way that we can we can do that.
1: You know, it's funny. I, I, know, I know that you mentioned a couple of days ago that it. Did, easier said to be than done to be positive when you're losing and obviously that's part of the pressure of winning every day when it's your job when you're a professional um, do you think that it's in the room to get back to the level where you guys were to end last year
7: yeah no I think it is like I think we, we have you know again like I can there's a number of games where you know we could have won you know like there's like that just it happens you know and and I think that we gotta continue to stay together. Like we can't pull apart from each other. And 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 these are the moments that we see. You know, like who we made of as people, as players. Like. This is the moment because again like being at the bottom being where you know that you're not supposed to be in like what are you going to do like are you going to quit or are you going to keep fighting every single day to get out of it and I think that I believe that we have the character to do so um, and and that should be our only only kind of mindset for sure.
1: You know it's funny I, when I'm talking and I do this you know five days a week two hours a day sometimes I make mistakes uh, sometimes we're all flawed but I, I truly believe that The gem is not polished without friction. Like, there sometimes has to be a little bit of back and forth between, you know, grown-ass men when dealing with professional sports. But as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, like, that's a part of the equation is just making sure that you don't point fingers, that you don't, you know, get on each other when the losing mounts up. Is is the character that you guys earned winning championships – now, what you lean on in these moments, or is that in a, is that kind of the evolution of just growing older?
7: Yeah, no, it's just like, it, of course, there's friction. Like you know, we have a bunch of people that care about winning. Like, yeah. and you in a situation where you're not supposed to be in. Like, um, of course, you know, there's going to be tough conversations to be had. Um, but that's all in, in in just wanting to achieve one goal. Like, you know, we want to get out of what we're going through, and and everyone understands it. And. And like you said, like we, we have people that have, that's been in winning teams and, and know what it takes to win a championship. So like we have that and, and I think that we can lean on it for sure. But also just understand that like, you know, there's there's no winning in, in in wanting to point the finger or or do whatever. We just gotta be together. Like this is the only thing that we have and nobody is gonna feel sorry for us. Nobody is gonna come here to save us. We have to do it ourselves.
1: Right. Uh, so I mentioned your contract and I'm not gonna ask you about your contract in the middle of the season before it ends but but maybe more can can we talk what is the what is the city and this franchise meant to you?
7: No it means uh, the city the franchise means everything um, I, I'm always like grateful for obviously like Masai um, trusting me um, and and drafting me you know the way he did um, and my journey here continue to develop um, and those guys, you know, like just being there for me and, and, and it means everything. Um, obviously, I love Toronto. I love the city. Um, I love being here. Um, and, and I appreciate every, every single, you know, person around here. And, and of course, there's a lot of highs and lows, but, um, you know, I, I, I I'll forever be grateful of like the, the adventures and things that I, I've gone through here. And, 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 and again, I, I love the city.
1: Hey, I know it can be crazy busy at these points, so we really appreciate you talking to us and, and by extension, the fans here on Tim and Friends. Thank you so much for this, Pascal.
7: Thank you. Appreciate you guys, for sure.
1: Anytime. There is Pascal Siakam. By the way, we're talking All-Stars with Pascal. Jesse, tomorrow counts three for one on votes for the All-Star game, so get out there, kids. NBA.com is where you can vote. All right, during that, guys uh, tweeting me, telling me I got to see the old man in the three with Fred Van Vliet. I will try and pay attention to that and maybe get to it a little later. All right, when we come back, we'll tee up week number 18, Jason Black and Fora. What are we doing with the AFC championship game? What are we doing with the Bills and the Bengals all coming up? Tim and Friends continues Renault Lavois on who will make the first move in the NHL, coming up in moments from now. But first, the final week of the NFL season is on tap. As mentioned, still plenty to be cited in terms of the playoffs. Let's take a look at some of the odds powered by Bett Rivers. The Chiefs' nine-point favorites against the Raiders on Saturday. And a winning your in game in Jacksonville. Jags favored by six and a half over the Titans, even though I just read that Trevor Lawrence is questionable really? for that game. Mm-hmm. Bills, so much emotion surrounding the team, still a significant favorite over the Pats. New England also in with a win. The Bengals, too, have to find their way back as well as they host the Ravens. It's a whole new game. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook today here to help us uh, wade through some unprecedented stuff is longtime NFL insider sportsnet contributor Jason Lacanfora thanks for popping in Jason really appreciate it
0: my pleasure thanks for having me wish it was under better circumstances but thankfully you know So far, so good today for DeMar Hamlin.
1: Yeah, the news good today for sure. And it sounds like the Bills and Bengals won't be played as of right now. Uh, As I mentioned, I hope that we all can start the conversation with our thoughts and prayers are with him as always and his health. But um, from what you're hearing, what's been your reaction to the idea that this game won't be played?
0: Yeah, I, I think at this point, everyone and not just these two teams in particular who were playing that game but the league office and then the other teams in the afc who will be affected by the ramifications of this game not being played in terms of playoff seating etc i think everyone understands that at this point in time um creating a week 19 scenario to get that game in is not realistic it's not really on the table anymore it's not going to happen right so now it's about what are are, our marching orders what 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 is at stake, right? What are the new rules of engagement in terms of what these various games may mean based on a new set of tiebreakers? And at this point, um, look, I I think they're going to go by winning percentage, and that's going to be what it is. And there's some different proposals that are out there. The one that I personally think might resonate the most is that the one seed in the AFC by winning percentage Gets in essence, winning a coin toss. Right? Coin tosses are baked into the cake in this league. They start games. We've seen draft order decided by coin flip. Some playoff, um, who's in, who's out? Seed. could eventually get to a coin flip tiebreaker. In this instance, the number one seed would effectively win a tiebreaker to decide their fate. Do you know? Ha- do, do you want to get home field advantage all the way through? Do you want a week off? And whatever they don't select the number two seed would in essence be dealt that hand. So it's kind of like akin to, you know, a kickoff at the start of the game. Do you want the ball and this you know, do you want this end? Do you want to receive? Do you want to kick? That's still my hunch at this point because it's not nailed down, but that's where I think it's heading.
1: So that would mean that team number one could select a week off or home field throughout. In your mind, what's the bigger advantage? Because for me, I take the bye every time.
0: Well, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of interesting because the, you, you could have a scenario where, like, you're the Chiefs and they're favored by nine and a half. I think that's a little steep. But, like, could the Chiefs get by by playing their starters in a half, using it sort of as a de facto bye week, still winning and kind of having their cake and eat it, too? You know, that may be too sort of far gone a scenario to have to figure out on the fly. Right. I think the other key element is when do we get this information? Troy Vincent and others in football operations have, have made it clear that they they understand that teams probably need to know this You know, going in. It'd be a hell of a thing to find out, you know what I mean, what the rules were after the fact, based on how these games were played. I tend to think by this time tomorrow night, we'll know. Um, and, and that coin flip idea, um, while not perfect, and nothing here is going to be perfect, um, I get the sense from the teams I've talked to that that may be one of the better ways to sort of thread a needle that's frankly impossible to thread in a way that everyone feels like it was truly just and egalitarian. Like that outcome doesn't exist. It's trying to mitigate, um, I guess, how outside the norm this feels.
1: Right. One of the other rumors out there is that they might expand the playoffs to eight teams. That's not happening, is it?
0: I I mean, look... Do I think it's impossible? No. Do I think they had those discussions? Absolutely, because that would mean more cash. That's more more games. games, That's more cash. That's more commercials. But no, I, I, I think for a whole host of reasons, you can't decide that now. That's not fair to a lot of other teams. That one would frankly shock me. Although, again, are there certain owners who would love that proposal? Yes, indeed
1: yeah without a doubt and what that would mean is that there'd be no home field advantage or at least no buy in the first week you would play one versus eight in each conference all right last one for you jason i and i just got to ask it we were talking about this earlier about the cognitive dissidents and how we just heard josh allen emotional at a press conference today now they got to jump back in the saddle how how tough is this going to be for the bills and the Bengals?
0: Well, it, it, no doubt, it's going to be tough. And a guy like T. Higgins, um, you know, for him in particular, given that he was the player who did make impact um, with DeMar Hamlin, for a guy like Joe Burrow, who saw it right with his own eyes a few feet away, and for everybody, and everyone handles it differently and everyone's affected differently by it, and some players want to jump right back in. Other players may be a little gun-shy when they actually get back in, into these violent one-on-one collisions. Um but ultimately, you know, hopefully it sounds like there's enough resources available to these guys to at least have someone to talk to. Both teams have brought in counselors from the outside. Um, and the most important thing is that positive signs are coming from DeMar Hamlin. And I know talking to people in the Bills organization, that's really resonating with them. Um, it's sent, you know, positive shockwaves through their locker room and has guys feeling a whole heck of a lot better than they were you know six eight
1: 24 hours ago yeah here here all of us uh in the same boat uh, no doubt those guys in that locker room for sure jason really appreciate you jumping on and doing this with us thank you all right there is jason latkin for a long time nfl insider and contributor here at sportsnet all right we're going to take the break when we come back we will visit with sean mckenzie at Scotiabank arena we'll be joined by Renaud Lavoie. we will get his thoughts on the situation in vancouver Some heat in Montreal, Martin St-Louis speaking out. And we'll tee up the night on the ice, including the Leafs and the Kraken on Sportsnet Ontario and a couple games across the Sportsnet family of channels. Thank you very much. Sheepdogs back here. Final half hour on Tim and Friends. We'll be joined by Renaud Lavoie in moments ahead of 10 games on the ice tonight, plus visits to Gene Principe in Edmonton, Dan Murphy in Vancouver. Coming up, we start with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which you can see on Sportsnet Ontario as they host the Kraken tonight. It'll follow us and Hockey Central right here on Sportsnet Ontario. Leaf's coming off a shootout loss to the Blues on Tuesday night and in the midst of a busy stretch with back to back games coming against Detroit and Philadelphia on Saturday and Sunday. We always keep Sean McKenzie busy. And he now joins us from Scotiabank Arena. Sean? i'm busy tim but i always
5: have time for you and I, I tell it. that to everyone so don't
1: get
5: <laughs> too happy no I'm not.
1: <laughs> I'm not i understand and i know the lot
5: let's talk a little leaf <laughs> uh, as long as you understand uh, what we also understand is that as the maple Leafs prepare for the seattle kraken the message this morning was that they want to tighten things up defensively which is smart against the kraken team that at five on five is the second highest scoring team in the nhl with 89 goals for they didn't love their defensive structure against the St. Louis Blues, but Sheldon Keefe earlier today wasn't too quick to criticize, and we threw a little cold water on any negative talk about just how poor they were defensive. He doesn't think it's a huge issue.
8: They slipped a bit. I mean, I'm not gonna overthink it. Like we, we gave up two goals at five-on-five. Five. Like it's three goals on special teams, so it's let's not get too carried away, you know, one way or the other. Let's sort out the special teams, and you know, certainly we made some mistakes there that we'd like to clean up, but. I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was all that bad necessarily, but you know, certainly things that we could do better.
5: So we won't see any major changes to the Leafs lineup tonight other than their goaltender Matt Murray goes in. The same blue line and lots of people are talking about just how well Connor Timmins played and that it's kind of a shame that he's out of the lineup now and Sheldon Keefe of course was asked about that this morning saying that this is the group that he wants in the lineup. This is the group that he envisioned when his team is fully healthy. It's not to say that Jordy Ben and Connor Timmins won't get the opportunity. Just simply says that he thinks that this group deserves time to get back together to kind of feel their way through it and just see what they can offer because that is the group that we there on opening night and he envisions that the group of there can come play off time guys
1: it, it feels a little bit like a confidence builder from Sheldon Keith, pat the guys on the back make sure that they go out and get back to the kind of team defense that they have played to start this year but what about the goaltender I know Ilya Samsonov has the day off we go to Matt Murray tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs is there is there some concern in Leafs land about Samsonov maybe regressing here a little bit is there concern about
5: goaltending in Leafland? <laughs> Tim, you've been doing this long enough to know there is always concern in Leafsland about goaltending. When these two were dominant early on in the season, yeah. there was concern because people would say, there is waiting to say, I told you so. This happens. Look, ask me in 10 games if the numbers are still trending this way. Is Samsonov still giving up five a game? I, I think so often this business we ride the highs so high and we ride yeah. the lows and I think athletes do that as well so I don't think I'm going to sit here and say that it's a huge cause for concern but I think you know if the trend continues then yeah absolutely I know I'm not saying anything earth shattering here but I think Matt Murray is a guy that has shown that he still has it he can still play at this level he can still be a very very good NHL goaltender so we'll see what he uh, does here tonight and Samson off I think is a guy that also showed it so I wouldn't be too concerned yet but I think there's always that little bit in Leafs fans that go, well, what could happen?
1: Yeah, very interesting and, and well said, my friend. Uh, thanks for catching up. Appreciate it. Timmy. as always, thank you. Uh, there's Sean McKenzie in Toronto. Real concern I have, Jesse Rubinoff, is if Samsonoff can't play a heavier load of the games than a normal backup, then do you start wearing on Matt Murray? And that becomes the question because, listen, Matt Murray's been really good, but you also know that he's had a injury history and if you ask too much of them do you walk down that road again
2: yeah you're going to be in some trouble if Samsonov giving up five a game no matter how you slice it
1: correct yeah. and then you got to play unless you got to play Matt Murray yeah, more it's is that a good thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs we will see in the not jumping to any conclusions yeah. we'll, Sean wait, we'll wait till tomorrow Yeah, we'll, wait and see. <laughs> we'll see what happens in Montreal the Habs hosting the Rangers Brendan Gallagher out of the lineup tonight with a lower body injury it has been a brutal stretch for the Canadians, losers of 6 straight being outscored 32-11 along the way they sit last in the Atlantic and second last from the bottom in the east head coach Marcin St-Louis sounded like a frustrated man earlier today
8: I wouldn't say I'm happy with, you know, any players right now. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I have to be better. Everybody on this team has to be better. You know, we all have to to, to own it and be accountable a little bit. And um, that's what we're doing.
0: Confidence level, where is it at right now?
8: I wouldn't say it's high. It's not very high. <laughs> but, you know, that's... You know, we're responsible for our confidence. You know, we have to fight to get it back. You know, it's not just going to come back. It's not going to show up on the doorstep. We're back. No, you got to go get it.
1: All right busy night on the ice as we mentioned a couple of different times Hockey Central coming away 630 Eastern time followed by Leafs and Kraken regionally on East Pacific and one you've got Alexander Ovechkin and the Caps facing the Jackets. How many will he get tonight? Oilers host the Islanders. They're looking to steady their ship. That's regionally Sportsnet West Canucks hosting the Avs Pacific and across the country on Sportsnet one. Again we'll visit with Gene in Edmonton Murph in Vancouver later. In game time. Meantime, between time, let's go back to La Belle Province and our friend Renault Lavoie, who joins us from Montreal. Renault, how are things? Thanks for
6: having me. It's been a while.
1: Hi, guys. Yeah, it's been way too long. We appreciate you jumping in. Listen, as I was listening to Martin St. Louis, I realized, like, We're now into a pretty tough spot for the Montreal Canadiens. They played a little bit better than I think a lot of people expected to begin the year. Totally, And maybe they're in the spot where we expected them to be in now. But that makes it even harder for Martin St. Louis. Uh, How do they navigate these waters that I think a lot of people kind of sort of expected a wee bit here?
6: Yeah, uh, and I'm with you. Uh, I mean... The Kenyans are where they are in the standing, and I guess it's no surprise, okay? Like you mentioned earlier, I think the surprise was the way they really they, they started the season. Now uh, you need to look at the big picture and say, okay, what this franchise wants really, I'm pretty sure it's not making the playoffs, okay? But it's not about losing. It's about the way you're losing right. games. They allowed 22 goals. In the last three games in the last 16 games they won four I mean this is just unacceptable uh, there we, we can't sugarcoat it uh, I understand that there is some injured players like a Sean Monahan um, or Mike Madison but I asked Martin Saint-Louis last week on the road trip I said Martin if we, we need we all need to be realistic there's some big pieces that are missing and he said nope if you start thinking that way, Renault, you're in the wrong business. Mm. Uh, you need to to uh, say to yourself that there's always a solution. That the players that are addressed are NHL players, and uh, as for us coaches, we need we need to uh, you know find a way to to be involved in games. And the problem with the Montreal Canadiens right now is in the five first minutes, uh, first five first minutes, the first five minutes. Sorry about yeah. that. They're always Not allowing. Problem one or two goals so that's how, how can you start a game and after five minutes of play you're one you're you're one or two two goals under I yeah. mean it, it's really really tough confidence wise like Martin just mentioned I think it's uh it, it's really tough for the franchise for the team right now so
1: does that change the way Montreal could look at a deadline that is now two months less two days hmm. away
6: I think they're already uh, making tons of phone calls, to be honest with you. They're ready to make trades. Uh, And I I believe that the player that teams are looking at right now is really Joel Edmondson, uh, because he's a big and tall defenseman who who likes to block shots, got another year left in his contract. He's got a a really good contract. And I believe that that's the player that uh, – could be traded next. I don't know. Maybe if, if it's in the next two weeks, uh, I believe management will be happy. Can it be a little longer? Maybe I don't know. But there's a lot of discussions regarding Joel and Minson right now, yeah. um, which, which is totally normal. And and I mentioned uh, Sean Monahan. Sean is a little different. Uh, I believe that uh, uh, there'll be tons of interest at the same time. He needs to be healthy. And he's not healthy right now. He's got a groin injury. Um, and he, he's, he was, I believe, uh, the best uh, 200 foot forward for the Montreal Canadiens when he was healthy. So he can help any team. Uh, but I mean, the, the, the thing is, Tim, is he really, really needs to get back on yeah. the ice, starts playing, and, and and prove to the rest of the world that he can play for the rest of the season, that it's not going to be a 10 or 15 or 20 game stretch. Uh, before he's going to get injured again,
1: uh, Renault, I got to bring up a name that has come up on this show and ask uh, if perhaps Josh Anderson. I mean, obviously there would be lots of interest in him if he was made available. Do, do you
6: think that that could be a name that gets bandied about here? Yeah, yeah, but but let's be honest here. There's all there's. He's not UFA at the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, he's got another four years left. Four years at five point five million per season. That's that's. That's a, 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 still a, a big contract, and that's going to be probably the problem here. Uh, I, I believe that, yes, obviously, if you're the Calgary Flames of this world, you're looking at him and you're saying to yourself, that's the type of player that I really, really need. But at the same time, are you ready to commit for another four season? And, and that's, I believe, what's going to be uh, probably uh, – the biggest hurdle for for that uh, trade to happen, but yes, can he be part of conversation? Yes, uh, I think that if you're a young player, you're kind of safe with the Montreal Canadiens. But if uh, you're uh, 27, 28 years old, I don't believe that you're that safe, and that uh, your your name is not going to be out there. Your name is going to be out there because there's a good chance that you know uh, teams uh, will want a piece of you. Uh, or that the Montreal Canadiens are, are going to trade you. All
1: right, so I know you're one of the more plugged-in guys out there. Who's the team that is most interesting to you? Like I know we're kind of walking into these waters of of the rumors into the deadline, yeah. but is there a team out there that kind of interests you that could make some real uh, make some real noise here?
6: It's the New York Rangers. They're playing the Canadiens tonight, uh, and I won't really wonder about Patrick King. Um, what's gonna happen with him? Uh, there's Jonathan Tate that's available too. But really, uh, there's so many rumors involving the Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks right now. Obviously, everyone in New York is going to say, no, 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 we're, we're not looking at anything right now. And, and, and that's totally normal, but the reality is totally different. Um, and, and I wonder uh, if uh, Patrick can, can be a Ranger uh, and if he signed with the team, uh, not signed, but if he's traded uh, for, uh, to the Rangers uh, it, this uh, this winter mm-hmm. or earlier in March, um, can he sign a long term deal with the Rangers after? Um, and, and you have to wonder who, who's going back in return? what's what's going on with Alexi Lafreniere? Well, let's be honest, they'll have to pay him too. Um, and he's not a proven forward right now. So there's a lot of balls in the air. But if you're asking me really Mm -hmm. uh, what team that I'm looking at, it's the New York Rangers.
1: Uh, Well, no, before I let you go, have you heard um, how many teams are sniffing around what's going on in Vancouver? I mean, I I don't know how much longer they can kind of let this fester. They've already sent guys down, in my mind, to kind of get them away from what's going on there. It feels (laughs) like if I'm an opposing opposing GM, I'm on the phone with Jim Rutherford. I'm on the phone with Patrick Alvine.
6: Well, you know what? The Ottawa Senators are not in the playoffs, right? Yeah. But they're... They're obviously looking looking at what's going on uh, with the uh, the Canucks. And I'll say this, probably like every other team, uh, because there's a lot of good players that can be involved in trades. And it's a unique situation that some teams are going to try to take adv- advantage of. Um, but the question is, it's always where are you really in the standing and what do you believe is going to help you in the long run? So probably, probably a guy like Boar that you're looking at him and you're really excited, rightly so. Mm-hmm. And there's other players that that were mentioned, obviously, but but it, it's going to be really interesting to see how everything is going to be managed by the the Vancouver Canucks. The one thing they can't do is uh make a bad trade they they really need to find uh you know the re- the right partner and if uh you can't make a move right now you need to be really patient if you need to wait another season with whoever player that's still under contract take your time because if you're making a move just to make a move uh it it, it could really really hurt and we've seen it before right In yeah. the NHL without so a doubt. uh without any doubt so I think you need to be really patient here, really cautious. Uh, but I, I'm sure that at one point, um, they'll, they'll pull the trigger. But they, the only way really involving any player, it's because they know that what they're getting in return is going to help in the long run. Probably not tomorrow, but in the long run. run and that's really important. I uh, love talking hockey with you, Renault. Uh, merci beaucoup, mon
1: ami. Attanto. Happy New Year. Take care. Yeah, you too. There is uh, Renault Lavoie in Montreal, who I always love responding back to me in English when I try my French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. The, uh, the cane to New York just won't go away.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chicago's so bad. Take care. So Have bad. a good one. Chicago's so bad that you would think he would want to leave. Yeah. Like, they're really, really but, bad. Why would but, you want to stick that out for the next couple because
1: of Because you could just sign as a free agent. You can keep your family in Chicago, do what you need to do, take care of what you need to take care of, and then sign as a free agent.
2: Like in Chicago, you're saying?
1: No, no, in New York. Yeah. In the offseason. Yeah, I guess. You don't need to uproot in the middle of the year. Don't you want to try and win,
2: though, this year? Give yourself as many chances as you can? That's
1: the question, my Mm -hmm. friend. And do you want to do the favor to the Chicago Blackhawks? Right. Yes. Time for one last break. We'll get to game time with Rubinoff. Visit the rings, Edmonton, Vancouver. Hockey Central coming up. But if there's bad blood with Chicago that's a fun conversation hmm. Tim and friends we always hope your game day starts right here and here is what is on tap tonight. Hockey Central coming up in moments followed by the Leafs and the Kraken Sportsnet Ontario regionally on East Pacific and one you've got Alexander Ovechkin looking to add to the total as the Caps face the Jackets the Oilers host the Islanders later. Regionally on SportsNet West, Canucks hosting the apps on SportsNet Pacific and across the country on SportsNet One. Doubleheader in the NBA on SportsNet 360. Celtics looking to bounce back after getting absolutely hammered by the OKC Thunder. They take on Luca and the Matt. A little MVP matchup in that one, Jesse, followed by the Clippers and the Nuggets as I hand it off to Jesse. What time is it? Off to Jesse in a flash. Yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I got I to give you, uh, I got to give you a little love here by uh, getting to the Oilers and the Islanders. Edmonton has lost five straight home games. Uh, they are now hovering just inside the playoffs, nearly halfway through the season. With more on uh, this game, Gene Principe in Edmonton, Gene.
4: Tim, a great quote from Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft saying that it is the year 2023 and patience has its expiration date. And that certainly is the case for Edmonton when it comes to how things have gone on home ice. Uh, maybe most frustrating about the fact they're winless in their past five at Rogers Place is that three, maybe even four of those games could have turned out to be victories for Edmonton. As they get set to look for a win tonight, it appears that Jack Campbell will be the starter in net and that Clean Coston, who's become a bit of a cult hero around the Edmonton Oilers, uh, will be getting the opportunity to play on the first line with Connor McDavid. And even though this is serious business for Edmonton, it doesn't mean that they're not having a bit of fun. That was the case this morning inside the Edmonton Oilers dressing room. As Kyler Yamamoto, who has previously played for the USA at the World Junior Hockey Championships, was forced to wear a Canada jersey after losing a bet with assistant equipment manager Brad Harrison. So uh, good on Yamamoto for following through with the bet. As for tonight, all bets are off on whether edmonton is going to be victorious over new york even though you know the oilers would love to get a win especially on home ice
1: things i love from that a gene pun and dudes paying on their bets yeah i mean how there's does, a respect when you pay your bet
2: how does gene manage to do it every time <laughs> like he's just the mind's always his mind's always working it's very impressive uh gene mentioned uh Clim Costin getting a shot on the top line with Connor McDavid and Zach oh. Hyman tonight. And earlier today our friends at OilersNation.com put up a poll to decide on a nickname for Costin. The choices are Clem Shady, Clem Reaper, Mr. Clem. Are you saying
1: Clem Shady?
2: Clem Possible. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It doesn't, I mean it works if you want to just pronounce his name Clem, so why don't we go Clem Shady, Clem Reaper, Mr. Clem, Clem Possible? Do you have a preference in which one you like?
1: Uh uh. I do like Clean Shady, and I get that it's not Clem, and I get that it's slim, and I kind of, but I'll go with Clean Shady. I'm okay with that. Yeah, cleam shady, yeah. shady is very, very and we'll good. We'll see if the real Clean Shady stands up tonight. Yeah, very, uh, very creative. So good on all this nation. All right. In Vancouver, Canucks hosting the Avalanche. Abs have lost four straight, while Canucks have lost three in a row, temperature rising once again in the Lower Mainland. With more, here's Dan Murphy, Dan.
8: Tim hello from Vancouver. Well, tonight we have a matchup between two teams desperately in need of a win. Perhaps not surprising we're saying that about the Canucks at this point in the season, but the avalanche? Let's start with the Canucks. They've dropped three straight games, being outscored 13-6 in the process. That includes the last time in this building, a 6-2 loss to the Islanders two nights ago. After that game, their head coach, Bruce Boudreaux, basically questioned his team's willingness to compete, so you know they'll be hungry this evening. As for the Avalanche, they've gone through some injury problems, starting to get healthier, but this is a team that's lost four straight games. The Canucks, however, are more focused on who the Ass have in the lineup than the losing streak that they're on.
3: It's not going to be easy for us, that's for sure. But you know, in order to you know be up there and be the best, you got to beat the best, and we're playing a lot of really good hockey teams coming up. So a good talent, uh, a good test for us, and um, you know, it's going to bring out you know the best in us, I think, and it should, or, or you know, it's going to. You know we're gonna get set way back um, and we can't have that happen at this time in the season.
8: Probably almost wish they won four straight uh, and don't feel guilty um, so uh, yeah like you said I'm sure they're gonna come out um, hungry ready to, uh, ready to have a good show tonight so even more of a
2: battle for us um, and even more of a re- reason for us to be prepared.
3: It's also a game that everybody grew up playing and loving so I mean I can't imagine not being excited about playing the Stanley Cup champions.
8: Now, this is the second meeting between these two teams this season. The first in Colorado, November the 23rd. The Canucks came from behind to win in regulation 4-3. Spencer Martin was brilliant that night in victory, but he is not starting tonight. Colin Delia gets the nod for the Vancouver Canucks, and there's likely one more lineup change for Bruce Boudreaux. It looks like Lane Peterson is out for Jack Stadnica.
1: Tim? Thank you very much Murph,
2: appreciate it. Uh, So Murph mentioned Bruce Boudreaux criticizing the team uh, after Tuesday's loss to the Islanders, but he walked back those comments a little bit today saying quote, the bottom line is it's on me, if they're not doing what i want them to do so are you surprised that he changed his
1: tune? nah this this is red green duct tape and spit going on here, right yeah. like do you you remember red green yes i do yeah I do. just wrapping the duct tape around i really everything i actually do i'm not just i'm not just <laughs> i really do i know it's an older reference but that's what you've got to do in this situation you've got to find a way to keep this together and that's exactly what as we watch nylander score goals uh, that's exactly what we're Seeing in Vancouver no with his team.
2: So, Nylander will play after missing yesterday's practice due to an illness, taking on the Kraken. Uh, leads the Leafs in both goals and points, but do you have an issue with his performance in Tuesday's overtime loss uh, to the You're Blues? setting
1: me up because, because a lot I've of been this Nylander know, supporter for a long Yeah, he got danced twice in overtime, and he should just be better. I mean, this was Pavel Busnevich. Uh, dancing him once, no effort. And then the second time he got a stick out. And when they went the other way, he jumped into the rush. Like, I know he's an offensive player, but he's got to do a little bit more for the Leafs, even though I'm a big fan. Chance for retribution tonight, perhaps. How many times have I said that I'm a fan of William Melander and what he brings to the team? A lot. You
2: can't, you can't do that.
1: No, that's yeah. not good hockey. All right, does that for us? We've got a plenty on the network tonight including the Leafs and Kraken Hockey
6: Central with David Amber is next.